Are you going to do the three, two? No, I'm not going to do that. But we probably started that way anyway. Um, okay, here's from the Choose Yourself group on Facebook. Matt Herndon. Herndon? H-E-A-R-N-D-E-N. H-E-A-R-N-D-E-N. That's awkward. Herndon. I, uh, I suggest Matt take one or two letters out of his last name. Maybe just like the N. Heden, Herndon. Oh, he didn't be good? Well, anyway, Harden, his his Herden. question, his question. What's the excuse you both make? Uh, but I'm going to start with you. Only a guy with a name like Herndon would accuse us right off the bat of making excuses. Well, I make excuses sometimes. Oh. But, but I'm going to ask you first. What's the excuse you make the most that you want to stop making? All right, Matt. After I made fun of you last time, I feel terrible because I love your question. What's the excuse you make most that you want to stop making? Yeah. Hmm. So I am. I have really tried to do this. Um, I've tried to, rather than the excuse of some form of I'm too busy to do something, I don't like that for two reasons. One is it feels like a humble brag, right? Yeah, I'd love to come to have this meeting or lunch or whatever with you, but I've got so much to do. That means I must be very important. I don't like that part of it. And I also don't like it because it's a lie. The reason I don't want to do the thing is not because I'm too busy. It's because I don't want to. And that's the excuse I want to stop making. I want to stop saying, you know... That's a good one. I'd like to do that. You know, the implication is I'd like to do that, but I'm too busy. I'd rather just say, you know what? That's not something I'd like to do, but thanks. But I... I that's have a, a good way time. to put it. It's a very kind of almost See, the way I said way. it right there was... I should have yeah. tape recorded that or something to use I it think for later. We, I think we did... Is this episode over? I think we, <laughs> we nailed that one. <laughs> Asked and answered. Uh, what about you, James? I kind of think, I was trying to think of something else, but when you said it, that one, that's, yeah, I hate making that excuse because it's it's a lie, and I really don't like to lie. I really you know, make an effort me to too. never lie. I, I hate lying. Because I think it just sort of bleeds into other things you do in life. You know you know who I've succeeded not using that excuse for anymore is uh, my kids. So sometimes when my kids would want me to do something with them or for them, whatever, that I just didn't want to do out of whatever, laziness or I thought it wasn't a good idea or whatever, I would just say, you know, I, I've got some work to do. I'm too busy. And I stopped doing that for two reasons. One, I thought that was, you know, not a great parental thing to do. Like if I thought it was a bad idea, I thought I should say, you know what, I don't think that's a good idea. And therefore, I'm not going to do it. Or I, therefore, I don't think you should do it. But the other reason is... Like a year or two ago, when my kids were like 12 and 13 or 13 and 14, whatever, I just had this realization like, holy crap, they're almost done living in the house. And Ugh, in a few this years... Is, this is sad. I don't want to hear it's this. It's very sad. And in a few years, they're going to move out. And your kids are the same age as my kids. Yeah, roughly. Right? I think yours bracket mine, kind of. Mine, mine are 14 and 15. 17 and 14. Yeah. yeah. So I had the realization that like this whole environment of my kids living in the house with me and asking me, hey, do you want to do this? Or, hey, can we do that? It's almost over. So for me, I reprioritized and I said, for the next four or five years, I have my children in this captive environment. And if they ask me to do anything, my answer is just yes. Wow, that's great. And um, so that, so in that realm, I have been sort of mostly successful in not making that excuse anymore. So what you're saying is, is that and, and by the way, notice Matt didn't ask how do you stop making the Can excuses. Can I hear Matt's uh, question again? Because, well, okay, because I think it's actually interesting the way he worded it. 
He said, what's the excuse that you both make the most? I think he meant each. Well, it depends how you use yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Both. What's the excuse that you each make the most that you want to stop making? He doesn't ask, how do you stop making the excuse? I think it's an important point that the point that he's making with this question, which you also made, is just to notice it. And that's the first step towards not making those excuses. You have to notice it while you're making it and realize, oh, this is just an excuse. It's not a real truth. There's, an excuse somehow is not the same as a truth. That it oh, might, for sure. Yeah. It's like what we talked about in another episode. There's a good reason and the real reason. The excuse is the good reason. The real reason, you, you have some other issue involving what you need to do. Let me defend the excuse for a moment. Let's say that you come from a, a family, as most people do. Let's say that someone in your family wants you to come to some event or function that you really, really, really don't want to go to, right? Okay. But they're your family. So funeral, wedding, birth, yeah, circumcision, whatever, whatever, bliss, anniversary, dinner, baptism, you know, on and on and on. Birthday. Everybody has their right. So I don't want to go to any of those things, by the way. Right, but I can see how there the excuse is extraordinarily productive and fruitful because Yeah, so that's the no. Right, that's not necessarily an excuse. I'm here is where I get back to what you initially said. I don't want to. I don't want to lie and say I can't go. I broke both my legs the other day. I'm just resting now. I want to just say no. <laughs> what happens next? Then they don't like me. What happens after that? I never talk to them again. Exactly. <laughs> hey, James and I need to put our heads together on this one. We'll be right back. Thanks very much to Allstate for sponsoring this episode. James, usually you and I were up for a good debate, but there's no room to argue with this opportunity with Allstate. And trust us, we tried. There's just so many benefits to opening your own Allstate agency. Instead of finding a problem, we came to this conclusion. Why wouldn't you want to do this? Because with Allstate, you're going to own your own business, a business where you get big rewards for growth, unlimited earning potential, and a lot of equity for the future. And when you're the boss, you create the office culture and vision for the workplace with the power of the Allstate brand behind you. Working with the Good Hands Company is about helping people live the good life. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal. So if you haven't thought about opening your own Allstate agency, you should. Head over to allstateagent.com slash question of the day after the show to see stories from successful agents. Subject to the terms of the agency agreement. The level of estrangement among American families, I think something like I've seen this number, and I don't trust the number, by the way. So I'd, it'd need a lot more. Yeah, how do they measure this? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you could talk surveys, to people and but, say, yeah. uh, you know, these are anyway. But I think what's the level? I think it's between like thirty and fifty percent of people in America have a, a an immediate family member from whom they're estranged. Well, that is, I, un- that is true for me also. But I also think. Just the people you're born with are not necessarily the people you need to stick oh, with don't get for me started the on next that. 80 years. Gene pool is like the most accidental swimming you'll ever do. There you go. <laughs> but that said... Well, well said. <laughs> not really. But that said, we do all pay a lot of, you know, allegiance to the family unit. I, I do. I'm very reverent toward the family unit. But that said, let's say someone... Well, you're your, probably a more healthy person than me. I'm not saying that, but here's what the thing. If you want to preserve your family unit and your relationship with them, I think sometimes excuses are the only way to go. Oh, I'll preserve my family unit. <laughs> but, sorry. <laughs> so, James, what's the last excuse you gave Trying to think if there's think, another excuse that I there, what do you, I think that's also a kind of a productivity aspect to this question, mm, right? Yeah. Sort of like I'm not doing X because I make this excuse. Yeah. Uh, so, for instance, I really I've always wanted to write fiction, 
and you've and written a lot of fiction. I've written, I've written a lot of, when I started writing every day, so I started a practice of writing every day a long time ago, you know, in the 90s, and uh, I was writing fiction then, and I never published anything, but I always wanted to get back to it, and instead I've been writing a lot of nonfiction, kind of narrative nonfiction type stuff, and I always want to get back to it, but I kind of, I make the excuse that, oh, I just put in my thousand words a day on this other thing, I'm, my mind's burnt out. I never kind of give myself the time or the room to say, okay, I don't need to do that for at least even a couple of days to start, sit down and write fiction for these couple of days or these couple of weeks. I always make an excuse that, oh, no, I have to keep feeding the nonfiction monster. You know, now that you say it, I, I, I think I and a lot of people, whether you're writing or any, so I look at writing as like the thing, I don't know if it's the thing I love most. It's the thing after my, you know, personal relationships that I have the most intense relationship with. I'll say that, you know, it's the work that is right. I'm most whatever engaged with. But, but what that means is it can be exhilarating and it can be very, very difficult and scary. And so... I make a lot of excuses to myself when I have a piece of writing that I want or need to get to, but I'm not. So I'll say like, well, I want to work on that chapter or I want to work on that script, but I really need to pay my taxes first or take care of this correspondence first. And that's almost never the case. The real fact is I'm making an excuse to myself because it's too hard to face at that moment. And I that's, you know, maybe this question from Matt, Herndon is going to be the kick in the pants for me to get over that, to realize at the or very at least, least notice, that I'm making the... Right, at least notice to notice. you're making excuses. Because obviously some part of my consciousness, I know that, but uh, like I'll tell you, last night I had a funny thing. Last night I got home, and usually when I get home after a long day of work, there's a lot going on, a lot to do, the family, there's dinner, the dog, da-da, whatever. And... um. I got home in this weird pocket of like everybody was occupied. My son was doing homework. My daughter was up at volleyball practice. My wife had driven her there. The dog, I don't know what happened to the dog, wasn't home or was sleeping or something. And I found like our house, our apartment was like quiet and peaceful, which I wasn't anticipating. Now, I had a piece of writing I was supposed to get to, but immediately— It was so enjoyable just being in the silence. Well, yeah, immediately I thought, oh, you know, um, I think I'll do something like, you know, read a book or watch some TV or cook a meal, something fun. And I thought, you know what? No, I'm just going to do, I'm going to sit down and work on the script that I was working on. And I did it last night and it felt so great afterwards, but like... What's the script about? This like is a movie a, um, script? No, this is a, po- a podcast. It's a podcast script. We call them scripts because they're, they're scripted. We interview people, then we... You know, we cut out all the, the all right, all right. Un- unnecessary parts and we write in the narration, et cetera, et cetera. That's so. why Freakonomics Radio is such a successful podcast. But, you know, right? I do want to write a movie. Yeah? What's your excuse? <laughs> <laughs> we'll share a clip from our next episode right after this. With Allstate, there's no need to pick sides. You can own your own business and be your own boss. This opportunity is a no-brainer. So head on over to allstateagent.com slash question of the day to get more information about opening your own agency. Here's a peek at what we have in store for you next time on Question of the Day. 
Bill Fenstermaker, who's known on Twitter as at Billy Fens, F-E-N-S. Bill, um, thanks for paying such close attention to what yeah. we say. And I'm really glad that you sent in this question that I found really interesting. He writes, when are the cathartic benefits of bridge burning worth the potential karmic response? 